You are listening to episode two. Today's podcast is sponsored by QuickBooks. QuickBooks happens to be one of my favorite applications for keeping track of my books as an entrepreneur. I personally am not an accountant, so this app has made it really easy for me to keep track. Not only that, I'm able to connect my accountant to the app, and that way all my books are in order and it's not a stressful thing every time it's tax season. So I definitely recommend it. What does it take to recover from one of the lowest points in your career and then go on to create a successful brand and company? We talk about this and more in today's podcast. Welcome to the Okiki Podcast, where we make inspirational people known. Brought to you by your host, Fian O'Brien. So hello everyone, welcome to my podcast, and today I have Sarah Bolin. She's actually my very first interviewee and I'm just so honored that she was willing to do this. And yeah, I, I was really excited to learn about her. She wrote this really interesting article on LinkedIn where she talked about being destroyed um, by the dragons on Dragon's Dead and that really piqued my curiosity. So I read into it and she talked about how she proposed this app that she came up with and uh, they gave her all sorts of feedback. Um, a lot of negative feedback actually but she seemed to really like take it and make something out of it now she has a successful app today so I thought um, as she's a young adult and a young woman in the tech space I was really inspired by that and I wanted to reach out to her so Sarah thanks so much for coming on thank Uh, you for having me yeah definitely (laughs) thanks for your patience earlier on you guys won't hear this but there's a lot of like random tech stuff that came up so she's yeah been super gracious and could you let us know uh what is your educational and career background before you got into all this yeah so my background is actually in filmmaking so not tech related at all i actually went to the toronto film school um like i've always been interested in like photography and filmmaking so i went to film school and then Basically after that, I I dabbled in the film industry for a little bit. I wasn't too keen on, um, one, watching pylons, because you have to like basically be a production assistant for a while before you get to do any job of substance. Um, So I actually ended up taking a job at um, a Canadian company called Clearly Contacts. Um, They're now just known as Clearly. Um, And basically they're an eyewear e-commerce shop they're based in vancouver and i actually started out there taking photos like all the product photos of the glasses so literally like the three different angles of the glasses i would just take in like hundreds of photos of glasses doing that but 
Um, yeah, taking photos of glasses, I wouldn't say is my true passion in life, but it got my foot in the door and it, I basically carved out my, um, my own role within the company. So I actually became, um, like a video videographer and editor and like producer type person in their marketing department. Um, so that was really cool. It, it led me to like New York fashion week. I got wow. to go to Africa and like we did wow. the partnership with uh, me to we where we like went and gave classes so yeah that was really awesome and then actually i got laid off from that job oh my gosh oh. yes after um, all that and eliminated the video role which was actually extremely devastating i would say that was my second lowest point in my career after drag dragon's Den. oh wow um, yeah but i do think like I've talked about this before openly is like when you get laid off it it's actually kind of comforting in a way because um like I was just like in this bubble with my friends working nine to five at this job that I like I loved right I wanted to always grow my career I didn't want to just be there I you know I talked to my manager like what's next for me um but yeah, I don't think I would ever, I would have never left that company, essentially. Huh. And they booted me at the door and I found my next opportunity um, doing the same role within a, at a different company called Nurse Next Door. They're like, oh, a, they're Kane franchising, or they're also in the States. They franchise out um, home care franchises. Yes, um, yes. That was cool. I got to like go to different um basically i would like go to clients homes and get video testimonials and like shoot and edit and like do social media so hmm. yeah and then that's when i left i left that job to pursue life labs wow oh that's so that's such a diverse background too and it's kind of cool like that journey of um yeah create it sounds like you were already creating like opportunities within the opportunities you were given like you weren't just doing what they brought you in to do but you kind of was thinking you were thinking outside of the box like how can I make this more interesting so I could see how and if you find a good company I could see how that's like really devastating to leave <laughs> I myself am just coming out of an eight-month contract with a nice company too but it was kind of like yeah they didn't have funding to keep me in yeah <laughs> Still in good contact with them, but it's definitely a transition. And I noticed, I mean, yeah, they didn't give me any warning whatsoever. Like there was no oh. like, oh, you're not doing well, or like you're not a culture fit. I just like, I feel like I checked all the boxes and like, you know, I was always hosting events and like right in there with the company. And yeah, it was like very left field for me, which is why it was wow. like devastating at the time. But yeah, yeah, yeah on to bigger and better things. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> And I was curious because you said you're from Toronto and that's like, I would think like, well, obviously Vancouver too, but like Toronto definitely is like a business epicenter for Canada. And I was um, curious, like what, what led you to Vancouver? Like what other than like, was it just clearly context or did you have a desire to check out the West Coast or what led you to actually make such a move from one coast to the other? Yeah, so I was working in Toronto after um, after I was finished film school, hmm. and honestly, I was just like, I was with my boyfriend at the time. He, we were working at this um, 
like there are video rental companies. So if you have like a big production, you would come to this place and, and rent all your camera gear. So I would help prep those camera packages for like the cinematographers and all that stuff. Right, right. So, oh yeah, so they have another location in Vancouver. Uh, and one day I was just like fed up with it. I'm like, I'm sick of Toronto. Let's move to Vancouver. I'd actually never been to Vancouver. We bought a one-way wow. ticket and we just we just moved out here. And I basically haven't looked back since. That was 10 years ago. 10 years ago. So are you loving it there? Like, do you like that city? Yeah, that's interesting because Vancouver is always my dream city, but I have more family in Toronto. But I was like, I feel like there's always like this like rivalry when I talk to people. Like, people either like Vancouver or they like Toronto. And so it's kind of interesting to hear, yeah. Toronto is really good if you're like more of a city person. I absolutely love like hiking and nature and being by the ocean mm. and mountains. Um, and like all my family is still back home. We, me and my husband, we actually don't have any family out here, which yeah. it's hard at times, but you know, we make it work. And when we do, like my mom's coming out next week and we're like going to Tofino for four days and yeah. I find even though, you know, we don't get to have, like, breakfast or, like, sort of, like, dinner on Sundays together or whatever, mm -hmm. night of the, whatever week, night of, yeah, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we are together. Like, I find that the quality of our hangouts is much better because we're just, uh, we're not working. We're just, like, we're in vacation mode and we just right. take a class together, so... So true. It's like in the day to day, sometimes you don't actually talk that much. <laughs> You're just coming and going from your work. <laughs> so that's so true. And I have to ask, like, what led you into entering the tech world and app creating? Because like, as I said before, as a young adult, and as a young woman in tech, like I was just so inspired that you did this. Like what made you think one day, okay, I'm going to try this out. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I never, when I did this, I never like thought, oh, I'm like a tech founder. Hmm. You know, I've always done the side hustle thing throughout my career. I'm like very passionate about like developing my skills and like, you know, getting more experience and hopefully earning more money. Hmm. Um, mm -hmm. So I actually, so I had this app idea. It wasn't what Life Labs is now. And so I ran this idea by my dad and he liked it. Like I didn't have any money to fund it. He was going to like maybe throw in a couple thousand to help me fund it. Um, and I had no idea like how to do apps or anything. This was just like a very blue sky idea. Like, oh yeah, I want to go with this video app because for me, I, I want to make like a large impact on people's lives. And for me, like I could possibly quit my job and maybe start my own film production company and like work with lots of brands. But I was like, you know what? The future is mobile. And mm. like through my roles in these jobs, I saw how big video storytelling was becoming, mm. which is why I'm like, okay, this app, I think at scale, it will make a larger impact than just having like a Vancouver film company. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's so cool. And so is this your first app and did you have any yeah you talked about how it wasn't life lapse before like did you, so you had other concepts and like what kind of led to you creating life lapse 
Yeah, so LifeLapse was, so originally it was actually supposed to be a pregnancy time-lapse app, which is so crazy. <laughs> like, I look back at the original mock-ups and like, holy hell, like, it, it is completely like done a 180 of what it was supposed to be. Mm. Um, so LifeLapse was originally supposed to be like this, yeah, like a pregnancy time-lapse app or... I'll show you a video here, um, though if you're listening to the podcast, you won't be able to see. But essentially it's, let's say you're traveling around the world and you want to take a picture of you in each city. And then when mm -hmm. you click back, it's like, it's, you're in the same spot, like, but the cities are changing. Right, right, That's right. That's what I thought people would use it for. Interesting. Um, you can see an example here. Oh, awesome. Yeah, and I guess that kind of goes with that Instagram, like, travel culture, like, something that people find cool to, like, capture all of their adventures. So, yeah, that's neat. I thought so, too, but, like, nobody was using it for that because <laughs> maybe, like, they weren't traveling or they weren't pregnant. So, like, what I mean by the pregnancy mm -hmm. time lapse is you'd, like, take a photo every week as your belly grows. Right. And we have features in the app to help you, like, line up so that you're in the same spot each time. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but people just started using it for stop motion and we've just kind of run with it and now it's going really well. Wow, that's awesome. Um, yeah, so what processes did you go through to try and develop this app? Uh, like, do you have a coding or developing background yourself or like how did you actually get that put together? Um, I have zero coding background. Okay. <laughs> I could awesome. make a piece of text bold and italic and that is about it wow okay um i so basically yeah i've basically been just throwing spaghetti at the wall this whole time like obviously i lean on my amazing community for support but in terms of like finding my dev team i went on upwork do you know upwork I've started to hear about it actually just through YouTubers and I hadn't heard about it before. Yeah. So basically Upwork is like a marketplace of freelancers where people can go and they pitch a project and then freelancers will apply. And it's kind of like Airbnb wow. where you can see, um, so I can see how many hours they've worked, how have other companies rated this individual while working with them. Mm. Um, so yeah, I just, I put my project out there, hmm. like a very basic version of what I wanted. Yeah, and yeah. I interviewed this one company, they're called Umbrella, they're based in Russia, I'm still using them wow. today. Oh my. Um, and yeah, it was a hit, like a lot of people applied, however, like this company stood out to me because they, they crafted an actual like personalized cover letter, which to me seems like a no-brainer, but mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you're going to get a lot of riffraff on these platforms of people who just like want to make a quick buck. Mm -hmm. uh, and I didn't want someone like that. I wanted somebody who's like showed interest in what we're trying to achieve. Right. Uh, yeah. So that's how I found Upwork. I mean, my dev team through Upwork. And is Upwork a little bit more, I guess, sophisticated than like a Fiverr in that sense? Like... It's more of like a, you're trying to find someone you can partner with versus like a one-off kind of gig? Yeah. Okay, cool. That's really neat. Yeah, I've used Upwork for many things like wow. um, optimization, my virtual assistant, and everything's done through Upwork. Nice. And what the beauty of it is, it's like all the payments and everything happen through Upwork. So Okay. And like they, 
they have really awesome like time tracking tools. So, mm-hmm. you know, when my developers start working for the week, like they check in and they check out and then it just, it basically just fills me at the end of the week. Nice. And you can see what they're working on. Like it takes yeah. screen grabs. I, I like it. I feel like it's a great platform for people who maybe aren't, um, like I don't have a dev background, but if yeah, I yeah, yeah. check on what they're doing, I could get somebody to like come consult and see. Wow, that's amazing. So your team's based out of Russia. Um, wow. Like, like, I feel like that leads into totally different questions. Like, how do you, like, develop that trust, I guess, to be like, here's my app idea. I need you guys to do it for me. How do I know you won't run off and take it? Like, if you yourself are not a developer, like... Yeah, so a lot of people ask that, and my answer is it takes a lot of money to (laughs) develop an idea. Okay. Like, execute the development, like, tens of thousands of dollars. So, I honestly think... Well, one, sorry, NDAs, you get them to sign legal documents. So I had a lawyer draft all this up before I, like, gave the full-fledged details of what I wanted. I had mock-ups of the app. So basically I built all the wireframes in Photoshop. So when you click on this button, it takes you here. If you click on this button, it takes you there. And I had like the whole roadmap because like I'm a very visual person and I had a very Mm -hmm. clear idea of what I wanted, like a very clean, minimal, simple, like user-friendly app. Yeah. Yeah. So I like basically spoon fed that to them. Just yeah. I wanted to make it very clear for because you want to get an accurate quote, right? Right. If you're right. just providing, oh, here's my idea, then it's like, like how many screens are there? Like you don't really get an accurate scope of work. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then they come back with like obviously a lot of questions. I'm like, okay, well, did you think about this button and where it'll take you, or what about you're missing something in this component? Right, right. So like kind of flush it out and then. That was like a three month, I would say two to three month process of just flushing out every detail and then we went into development. So it's definitely not an overnight. What was the original question? No, you did cover a bit. I was just kind of talking about how do you actually like develop the trust to go like, okay, this company in a different country, you're going to help me develop my app as a non techie or as a non-coding person like I always wondered how people reach out to other people to develop their idea and how those people wouldn't just run off with it yeah um yeah so we had like video conferencing calls I am like a huge fan of google hangouts and doing video conference calls versus just regular phone calls I think like seeing somebody it just like adds that trust and also true this dev firm, like you can see all the projects they've worked on through Upwork, which is a huge trust component because I can see, uh, like you can't just add 20 projects and say, oh, I worked here and there. It's like, no, you have to be physically built by this company or for this company in order to add it to your project list. And you can see the reviews and everything. So gotcha. honestly, I, I lucked out. Like I've heard some horror stories of, things just going completely downhill or if the communication isn't clear. Uh, So yeah, I've been really fortunate in that area. Wow. That's so cool. That's very interesting. Um, Yeah. So you have a team in Russia and what led you then 
to go to Dragon's Den. And can you tell us about your journey? Yeah, so I launched the app in September of 2017. Um, and then basically a couple months later, I saw like there were auditions for Dragon's Den. Um, so I went and auditioned in Vancouver. And I basically showed them like the original concept of the app, which was like the travel thing and the pregnancy time lapse. Um, yeah, basically I got a call back and I got asked to go film in the Toronto CBC studios in May of that of 2018. Um, so basically at this point I had launched the company. Um, it was kind of like, it was getting downloads. I'd say maybe like, I don't know, I forget, like maybe five to 7,000 downloads a month, which is like pretty good, but there, people weren't sticking around in the app. Mm. Um, Cause like they didn't really have a purpose for it. Got it. So basically when I was going to Dragon's Den, I was essentially in panic mode because I had this like cool product and I had like, I had users, but honestly downloads is such a vanity metric in I think any tech space because right. it doesn't for your success. Like what was like, how many daily active users do you have and how many monthly active users and like, what's your revenue? Those are more, um, I would say metrics with substance and I knew they would bring that up. So I I basically panicked and pitched this pivot idea. I don't know. Did you actually watch the episode? I did. And to be fair, because I myself, like I love, (laughs) how do I put it? I love the idea of the tech world. I'm into marketing and social media. Obviously you use the apps. But in terms of actually creating that, that's an area I, I won't even claim to be an expert on. So I was just trying to like figure out what you were saying and what they were asking you. I think like Michelle or someone was asking you a bunch of like techie questions and I was just trying to understand like the dialogue back and forth. So it was very interesting and yeah, and I was trying to see like what what your app was because obviously the video there and what I see it now uh, looks kind of different. So yeah, yeah. So um, like, unfortunately, <laughs> with Dragon's Den, like they are going to, you know, I was in the Dragon's Den for forty-five minutes, just getting hammered with questions. Wow. They edited it down to whatever, like a five to seven-minute segment. So like, there's a lot of stuff missing, and I had a video demo of what the app was capable of making. Right. But they only showed the demo that I did, which like, oh, I'm just like kicking myself that that was what I chose to do because like it doesn't, it just looks like a, any old regular video app. Mm. When you see mm. it, it's like you don't see it that it's capable of stop motion, like the pregnancy time lapse, the travel full, the travel one just showcased a bit. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, that was like really annoying. <laughs> So the editing process uh, affects, yeah, because, okay, I guess I have a few questions around that. So you got there, you said this is when the app, like, officially kind of launched, and then um, when they got to those kind of key metric questions for the app, that's when you said you you panicked. Um, Was it because it was still, I guess, trying to find its, you're still trying to find the place for the app in, in regards to those questions they were asking you? When I say I panicked, it was more on like, what was my pitch going to be? And where was I going to take this company to have this valuation? Also, in tech space, like it's a standard valuation when you're starting out that you have like a $2 million valuation. 
this is what I hear in all the like accelerators and like advisory groups that I'm in. So I just like, I'm in a tech, I don't really know what I'm doing. I just see what other people are doing and apply it, which is like so naive of me. But then when I go there, I'm like, okay, there's no way where I'm at now is worth 2 million. And I knew that. So uh, uh -huh. that's why I pitched that pivot idea of LifeLapse is basically you need a platform where brands can hire my users to create their own videos. Okay. And that's ripped apart. They didn't actually rip apart my app what it is now, which is like a stop motion video app. Okay, it was just where, you, where they thought you were going with it. Because like, well, how are you going to make money off of this? And that's was like, okay, well, we're actually pivoting to this. And they're like, this is an agency. This sucks. Like, you suck. <laughs> wow. Then, yeah. Yeah. And in terms of like, I don't know, like the nerves and everything, I can only imagine like when you're like in that room and there's like, I don't know, was there six people? And they're just like intense and like asking you questions. Like, I'm sure that whole experience must be wild. So yeah <laughs> i was crying on the inside but honestly i just like stood there and took it from them which is i think i mentioned this in the article that i wrote is one of my biggest like learnings from that experience was to not be coachable because everyone's like oh you got to be coachable like that's what i researched so i'm just sitting there being like yeah thanks for your feedback i appreciate it like i naturally have rest face so like if i'm not actively trying to like do like a smize type of thing. Mm. I look really angry, so I was like making an effort to look <laughs> kind of happy, which like turned against me because they're like, you know, you're not, you're not like, you're not get nothing's going through your head with what we're telling you. Uh... And I think that was included or not. Um, but Arlene did like, she lashed out at me pretty hard, and it was. Um, Really, like it was bad, but they didn't include that part in the in the final edit. But they included my reaction. So right, yeah, yeah. right. Wow, that's so interesting. Um, hmm. And like, what was your takeaway from such an experience? Like, okay, so your idea of the app was a certain way. You kind of had evaluation based on what you've seen others do. Um, I guess when you walked away from that experience, what were you actually hoping, um, well, what were you thinking would have been like, I guess, a normal evaluation for that app for where you were at? And like, what changed from that point on? Like, what did you take away from that experience? Well, when I left the studio one, I just like couldn't stop crying. It was like so embarrassing. Wow. My mom was like, she came, my mom and my aunt came to the studio with me and they were like waiting outside. Wow. My mom's a photographer, so she like hired camera. I was like taking oh, pictures. No. Turned around the corner with the camera crew, and I was just like, "Stop taking photos!" Oh and my I, gosh! And honestly, I felt like the biggest piece because I was just like, I just got ripped apart on national television. Hmm. My app isn't successful. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Like they really actually got to me for I would say a solid two weeks. And wow. which is so stupid. Like this is a TV show. It's supposed to be dramatic, which I knew that, but when you're in there and you're like putting your, like your heart and soul out into the world and what you've been really like working hard on for the past year for me, mm -hmm. and just to have it completely ripped apart, like you lose sight of this is a TV show and like, don't Definitely. listen to it. Yeah. And it's kind of hard. 
I mean, I feel like this when I was starting Okiki too. Like, it's kind of hard, even though you aren't your business, like, it's kind of hard to separate your feelings from what people say, like, as you're trying to grow, right? And as you're trying to actually make something for yourself. So, yeah, I find that you do end up taking it personally to some extent. And it's, yeah, it takes a bit to, like, recuperate and be like, okay, like, I'm not a failure in spite of, like, maybe where this is at. Like, that's not who I actually am. It's just this is the situation of what I'm working on. But that that would be a lot, honestly. And what, yeah, like, what, so that was your takeaway from that experience. Like, what did you then, how did you get out of that funk, I guess? Like, what helped you get out of that funk and go, okay, you know what, even though that was embarrassing, I'm going to try this again because you know, this is something I actually believe in. Well, I think, like, the hardest part of it was they, like, they were telling me things I already knew. Like, my mm. app wasn't successful at the time. And, like, everyone has a different definition of success. For me, it's, right. like, I couldn't live off of this income because it was so low. Right. Um, but basically, after the show, like, I, I've always been listening to my users, but I was always... I kept putting life lapse as this like, again, pregnancy travel time lapse type of app. And it's like, no, people are using it for stop motion. You need to start marketing it as that. Hmm. So once I started doing that and like putting features in specifically to help people with stop motion creation, that's when basically things like just started working and we changed our pricing model. Um, so before you could like unlock all the features for like five bucks, all the pro features, wow. you could use the, um, like the free version of the app, of course, but there was like, you wanted the watermark removed, for example, it was five bucks to remove. Mm -hmm. And it's like, holy, like I cannot scale this because the lifetime value per customer is so low. Mm -hmm. Um, so essentially like my now tech advisor, he's like, try subscription. And I was just like, what? Like no one's going to do that. Barely people don't even want to pay five bucks for the pro features right like, right, right. people hate paying for apps mm -hmm. um but i think once i like switched my mentality on you know what this is actually helping people save a lot of time if you're shooting a stop motion video with a dslr camera you have to have like a dslr you need to import it edit them in lightroom then you have to bring it into like final cut pro or you can use like professional Stop motion software, which is like $500. Right. Once I just like saw the value and what I was actually providing and we switched mm -hmm. subscription base and we also added like a seven day free trial for people to try the pro features. That's mm -hmm. when things just started basically working and we just have been reiterating the app with like since summer is when we switched over to subscription and like more pivoted to just be a stop motion app. Um, yeah, like we've seen significant growth from that. Wow. So there's obviously a significant amount of people who are trying to do stop motion um, photos or videos. Because like, I, I would say prior to like seeing your app and seeing your concept, I'm like, hmm, I didn't know there was like a real audience for that. Like I, I know there's some bloggers that I've seen that do it, but I didn't realize it was that popular. Um, so that's when it changed. And when did you start making those decisions? Was that like right after? Was that a couple months after? Or after what? After the Dragon's Den experience? Um, oh, I'd say it was a couple months after. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
But yeah, there was like, I remember being at the BC Tech Summit and I, I was a part, I was supposed to be part of this accelerator. Ironically, the accelerator went under. <laughs> but oh, wow. the accelerator, I, w- I was able to have like a little booth set up at the yeah. Tech Summit. Yeah. I remember just being there, like honestly feeling like the biggest imposer ever because I was just like, I need to quit this business <laughs> because this sucks. It's not working. Um, it's not earning money. People aren't using it. Oh, it's just so bad. But that's when I talked to my now tech advisor and he's like, you know, switch to subscription. And that's when we started making all of our changes after that. And yeah, it's been uphill since then for that's the most part. <laughs> okay. Wow. That's so cool. Um, and what else did you do like mentally to kind of reset yourself I guess from that experience as well um you changed the app and then for yourself personally how did you yeah what did you have to do to kind of get your confidence back after such an experience um what did I do I feel like I went into like a dark hole for two weeks (laughs) and like didn't really talk to anyone just like took some time to like self-reflect um I don't know, I think when you talk to people and they encourage you to keep going, that's what I did. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, I can't think specifically on what I did. I just know I felt like and um, I just kept going because like this one reality TV show is not going to define my career and I'm not going to quit because of it. and yeah, I was just like, screw this. I'm going to show them. I'm like, I'm going to prove them right that I can do this. Wow. Yeah. And I would say like that definitely fueled me to, I don't want to say prove them wrong. I like to say prove them right, that I did have something good going. Right. That's, yeah, that's really interesting to hear because I think for the people who watch those shows, like you only see, you know, the people they choose, right? And like those successes, so it was really cool to like see um, through your article someone who's gone through it who ne- didn't necessarily get a deal, but who still worked on it and believed in their project enough to um, continue to make it a success. Um, so I was doing some research, um, and I saw that I think it was through your your blog. I don't know. Uh, I know before you said it's not like something official you have going on, but it said you had like developed a second app. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that's still something you have. Uh, it was called Zoomy. Uh, would you like to tell us about it? <laughs> yeah. So basically, after the Dragon's Den thing, I was, you know, or like just even that whole spring period last year, I knew people weren't really using life flaps. And one of the biggest challenges with stop motion and like just the app in general is it does take a bit of work to produce a video. Like it's not just like a boomerang where you just take one clip and then it's done. Right. Stop motion requires things like a tripod, with consistent mm-hmm. lighting, all these things, a bit of education on like how to practice your technique. Um, so I had this idea for Zoomy and it's basically like, if anyone has like a photography film background, it's like basically a Ken Burns effect. Uh, uh, app. I, I researched in the app store that didn't exist yet and with Instagram stories being huge I'm like this could be like a cool effect for people to apply to their stories. Nice. Um, and I wanted to create it. It's like a very simple app. 
it was very low budget. And I basically just did it to test like what I have learned from life laps um, to see if I could create an app that people like needed zero effort to just make a video quickly. Nice. Um, yeah, it's been okay. Like, it's not as successful as life laps is now. Um, uh -huh. I still make improvements to it. Uh, but yeah. But is it easier the second time around? Like, given that you probably learned so much from your first major app. Uh, to kind of go into it you know figuring out my revenue model and like marketing it and launching it all that stuff i knew and it definitely was not as overwhelming mm -hmm. um, i would say now yeah i do need to give it a little more attention because i'm just spread so thin with everything going on in life laps yeah yeah um, yeah thank you for the reminder <laughs> i just noticed that i was like wow she's on to other things all right awesome good for her <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And um, what is your advice to any young people, and particularly women who want to enter this space? Uh, did you find, like, because um, we have, like, a little bit of a tech incubator in Saskatoon called Collabs, and we just did um, a women in tech panel, like, just last week. And there's a few girls trying to come up with their own stuff, but um, do you find there's a lot of women in the tech scene in Vancouver or in general where you've kind of found yourself in, as a result of working on this app? Or um, have you ever found that to be like a barrier at all? Like, what is your advice to people? I'm involved in probably every female entrepreneur group in Vancouver, so I tend to go to those events a lot, so I, I don't feel like there is a gap. I mean, obviously there is, like, it, the tech industry is definitely more male-dominated, but because I choose to surround myself with, like, females in tech, I don't personally feel that. Right. Um, I am hiring for, like, an iOS developer now to bring, um, to start building my team in Vancouver, and... Yeah, I would say like 20 out of the 21 applicants are all male. Right. And it's like, I want to support females in tech, but it's like, if no one's here to apply, I don't really know, you know? How to do that, yeah. So it's also like actually being there in the first place is probably the first. Yeah, I would love step. to see more like female developers. For sure. That's awesome. And um, I guess, yeah, my last question is, uh, what is one thing that inspires you uh, to keep going after your purpose and, and your um, company with Life Labs? I, I want to, like, what inspires me is building a company on my terms, having a flexible schedule. I get to work with my dog at home every day. I want financial freedom. I want to travel when I want to. I have many lofty goals for myself. Um, yes. And then, like, on the business side, like, I really want to make stop motion easy for people. So, you know, millions of people download stop motion video apps yearly. Um, wow. So my goal is to, like, get Life Laps as the number one stop motion app. Because, like, we're not number one right now. Um, okay. Yeah. Hmm. It's the first stop motion app I've ever heard of. So. <laughs> Really? For sure. Yeah. Uh, 
I would say we're the only one who's building like a brand around it. Other people right. have them. They just sit in the app store. They don't have much of a presence on social media. I would right. say the demographic for their users are a little different than what I'm trying to achieve. I'm trying to make this like, I'm basically trying to make stop motion cool. Yeah. <laughs> like traditionally right. stop motion, like people make, you know, Lego movies or like claymation videos and like that's, yeah everything but i'm not trying to achieve like i'm not trying to target that audience i want to go right. after you know people who have like a shopify account who want to build cool video ads to target back to their shop um mm-hmm. they're apt to create like really amazing product videos uh that's awesome oh uh, thanks so much sarah like i learned so much and it's just been great to interview you, honestly. I, I feel like we could talk for a couple more hours, but uh, yeah, though, thank you so much for your time and for and, and again, for being the first one on my show. So for this publishing this episode. <laughs> I can't wait to see um, who else you get on here. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Thanks so much. No worries. <laughs>